Hi, I'm Yuval Brisker, and this is a jolt of Uvalocity. This is hopefully the first in many uh, podcasts that I'll be doing, talking about entrepreneurship, uh, creativity, business strategy, uh, personal experiences that I've had along the way, and generally trying to convey a little bit of the experience of being a third-time CEO, which is what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm going to try and, and structure these uh, podcasts around a topic uh, that I think uh, is relevant, you know, when I sort of reflect on my years as a founder, as an entrepreneur, um, as somebody who has kind of spent time thinking about business and teamwork and collaboration um, and how that all comes together to create success, at least my, you know, story. So this first episode of Uvelocity, a jolt of Uvelocity, really kind of reflects on why I came, I came back after a huge success with uh, one technology venture and didn't even take a pause and started another very ambitious uh, startup. And I, when thinking about this uh, episode, I thought about what people always ask me when they ask me why I, you know, didn't take a breather and um, immediately started a new uh, company. And the question is, am I insane? Like crazy. And the answer is yes. I am insane. Now, why is that the case? Because having done a one failing startup uh, with one partner and uh, crashed right into the dot-com uh, collapse of the early 2000s and, and spent two years without working, uh, eating away at my savings until I had none, I went right to starting another company uh, with another partner and had an incredible run of 10 years of building something from scratch to getting it sold to Oracle, uh, to having Oracle come in and buy it at a, at a great moment in the company's evolution. And so humongous success, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that as we go in more detail. But then I, you know, ended up working for Oracle for two years. And the day after I... <laughs> I got released from that one pretty much on Friday. On Monday, after that, I started a new company. So am I insane? The answer is yes. Because having seen what it takes to build something and then have it fail, and then build something and have it succeed, I learned that it includes a lot of pain. <laughs> And a lot of strife and a lot of, you know, what seems like insurmountable barriers and boundaries. So once you've really created an incredible success, why would you go test yourself again with the same kind of challenges and knowing that there's always an opportunity, you know, to succeed, but there's also a chance of failure? You know, why would you go back and do that again? That's the big question of the day. And I think it feeds into the whole question of entrepreneurship and and why people do these crazy things like start a startup so for me i i just want to i reflect on a number of sort of aspects of of that 
to, you know, so that you can all come to your own conclusions of whether I am indeed insane or not. And, and so I, I, when I think about sort of the, the process for me, uh, first thing, it's always been about a desire to express, to be, you know, to, to have my, my own little stage in which I can, you know, basically stand on my own box in the high, my own high pipe corner and be able to, you know, do what I want to do. <laughs> And that's been something that I've learned. I learned pretty gradually in my first job. And then one day it kind of hit me that I didn't like taking orders. <laughs> and actually, I wasn't even good at taking orders. I didn't execute well on orders. <laughs> and in fact, beyond that, I would say I was anathema to the idea, so much so that I started becoming a political problem, the places where I worked. <laughs> so, you know, one has to reflect on whether this is going to actually work for one. And I think that that's lesson number one. It's like you have to see whether, despite the fact that you might be enamored by the sort of myth of the entrepreneur, is entrepreneurship truly for you? And it means, you know, a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But but one very important one is you have to be very, very determined to have a voice and to follow your voice and follow your intuition and your mind, of course. But uh, when I think about that element, that to me is the need for independence and the desire to be expressive and to not take orders. To me, we're kind of, and, and of course, the ambition to succeed. Those three things, creativity, you know, desire for independence and, you know, desire for control. <laughs> and, and the desire, of course, the, the hunger for, for success. I think those things are ingredients of entrepreneurship that I would, when I reflect back on that. And what was clear was after I sold TOA Technologies, TOA Technologies, my previous venture to Oracle, I felt like I was uh, the father of the bride. You, you, you've built something, you've grown something, like building a house. You build it and then you sell it and somebody else lives in it. Or, or giving away your child to another man and having them walk off and have their own life and not be part of your life anymore. So I think there's a, both a sense of satisfaction and success of having accomplished something and at the same time, there's a sense of loss, of really feeling that you have to let go. You almost have to mourn, like you would almost a child that leaves the house when you become an empty nester. Or you built a house and built, lived in it with your family, and one day you have to sell it. And somebody, you know somebody else is going to live in it. That's kind of this idea. And so that mourning is, a, like I said, it's both satisfaction and a certain sense of mourning. And I think that that I would call the aftershock of success. Because that's something that you don't really expect, and you don't know, and then it suddenly hits you, and you realize, hmm, it's interesting. I thought I was just going to be happy. Well, you're not all just happy ever. I think you are. We are humans, so I think there's many complex emotions involved. But you know, when I started thinking about what it is that I want to do, I realized that one thing I don't want to do with my success is retire. <laughs> Because I just, I think, you know, we live in a completely different time than when the concept of retirement even became part of people's expectation in life. Kind of post-depression when, you know, when there was a sort of flourishing of social activity and social welfare structures in our society, retirement became a thing, but it, it became a thing because most people were in factories. I'd say mostly mindless jobs um, and, and ones that really meant you know, working very hard physically uh, and, and sometimes seven days a week. 
So I think that era of that sort of transition from sort of the, the sweatshop to the factory and now to sort of the very highly professional knowledge economy, uh, I think that the concept of retirement in a creative knowledge and service economy that's not a factory economy is, is pretty much dead. Uh, and that people are living longer, they're healthier, thank God, you know, on the whole. And so where previously when retirement became a thing and became something that people expected, then it was a time when they really needed it. And they were also dying younger. So, you know, retiring at 60 or 65 meant you had five to 10 years on average, and you felt like you needed to actually take it because you wanted something for yourself, not just for the, for the man. And I think we're in a completely different place because, you know, knowledge workers are workers of the mind, and they already have something that your ancestors didn't have, which is the ability to actually work with the mind. And the mind is a terrible thing to waste, as we know. I think when you're young, it's, it's, a, it's a given that your mind is growing and changing and, and absorbing. But as you grow older, you know, you have to actually be consciously aware of exercising your mind in order to have it stay young, just like, you know, the body stays younger a lot longer. So for me, it was, it was this never retirement spirit that I have deeply ingrained. I also came from a family of people who didn't want to retire. <laughs> they were forced into retirement. It was another reason I wanted to be in my own boss. Because I didn't want anybody to force me into retirement. Or to tell me, you know, that I'm fired, uh, <laughs> for example. Uh, but the reality is that I really, I saw my father struggle with retirement. He didn't want to retire. He wanted to work until the day he died, but he couldn't because he was in a structure, in a government structure, in a university structure that basically had, you know, mandatory retirement. And so he fought for it, and then he got an extension of five years, but he hated the idea of retirement. And then he was forced in it, so, so I felt like, okay, I'm going to find myself a life in which I'm not forced into it, you know? So the, the, this notion of never retiring is really key to understanding the mind of an entrepreneur as well. I mean, I think that if you combine all those things together, this kind of, and, and at the bottom of it is this, like this essential urgency about life, then you realize why people do this kind of thing and why they go back to it. Because the first thing, it's addicting. And secondly, it's, it's so exhilarating. So for me, the excitement of creating something, you know, from nothing has always been the thing that fascinated me about art, about ideas of creation. The idea that you could have an idea <laughs> and then turning it into something real that becomes its own thing, has its own life, its own reality. But, but it's different than having children in my mind. If I have to say, in a way, it's bigger. Because having children is a biological activity. It's like, you know, anyone can do it. <laughs> I mean, everyone doesn't have to do it, but anyone can do it unless they're obviously, you know, limited in some way, you know, biologically. But the concept is that <laughs> bees do it. <laughs> so the famous song, you know, Let's Fall in Love, uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Cole Porter, you know, they all do it. But what they don't do is creation with the mind. Man is the only person who actually was able to create a child with the mind. If you're Picasso, then it's a great Picasso painting. If you're John Lennon, it's a song. If you're an architect, if you're Frank Lloyd Wright, it's a building. And if you're a technology entrepreneur, it's a software company <laughs> or something like that. 
I think that when the the notion of creating something from nothing, you know, is ingrained in you very deeply, the idea that the mind can birth something too, not just the body. And, and then it becomes a real thing in real life, and you see it have its own existence, like, for example, a product that you created, or a company that has a product. So it's multiple levels of creation. To me, that's a huge thing that is a significant component of what makes me insane and not insane, I think, as well. Some people I know might think that I'm a control freak, which I am, kind of, but I'm also a collaborator. I don't, I don't think alone well. I like to have people in front of me, you know, and with me, even though it's, it's sometimes a struggle. But I, I couldn't do it alone. So for me, building a winning team is another element of why I'm addicted to the idea of creating companies and, and products, because, because, you, because it's inherently not a sole activity. It's not, you know, i going off to my studio to paint my masterpiece, which is a sole activity. I'm going to write my book. Building companies and building products is, by definition, a team activity. And thus, one has to assemble the right team and, and then go through the process of building productive relationships and creative relationships and challenging sometimes relationships, but real relationships, they're not fake, that will allow you to, you know, altogether elevate beyond your wildest dreams. And I just don't think that's done alone. Um, and, and I've never thought of it as a, as a sort of a lone activity. I never wanted it to be a lone activity. I don't think any success is, is done alone. There's a, definitely a, a little bit of a, a desire to build it in your own kind of image, kind of godlike. It's all about creation, right? When you think about, you know, the meta-creation, it's, of course, the creation of the earth. So first it's about the desire not to retire. Then it's about never wanting to rest and wanting to continuously, you know, exercise the mind. Then it's about the creation, the excitement of creation from the mind. And then it's about creating a team and, and taking it to the next level and working together collaboratively. I felt really strongly that it was something that was interesting for me to do again and to see if I could do even better this, the next time. Of course, there's always a risk. And the risk is that you won't do better or you won't succeed. But that's a necessary component too. I mean, if you're not willing to take that risk, then you have no chance of success. There's just not, I mean, then all the other things, they lose value, like the desire to not retire or to create something from nothing or to build a team and all that stuff. I mean, you have to be willing to take the risk of risk, meaning without having any doubt that it's going to be challenging and you're not, there's no such thing as a straight line up. It's always a path of up and down and, and challenges. And we always say, you know, if, if it was easy, of course, everybody would be doing it. And it's not easy, so not everybody's doing it, but a lot of people want to think of doing it. They should know when they get in that it's basically a tough slog. That despite the glory of being a CEO or, you know, the power of being a CEO or even the, the, the ultimate success or successes along the way, it's always challenging. It's always keeping you up at night. It's always about feeling like it's not enough. You got to do more. <laughs> if you don't have that, stay with your day job. And then for me, the last sort of song of, the, of this sort of insanity is the last verse in the song of insanity around starting a new company for the third time. 
is really also the joy of partnership. I've, I'm a huge uh, proponent and advocate of partnerships and partnerships. I think we'll do we'll dedicate a separate episode to that. But I just want to say that you know that that it's all about kind of that moment of of, of creation with another person and uh, the spark that happens then that you know makes it very even more interesting in a way. And there's other aspects to it, which is about a deep collaboration with somebody and really getting to know the mind of somebody and figuring out what's the joint mind and how does that work, what's the tug and pull. But ultimately, you know, it, it's learning to really collaborate in the deepest sense of the word, you know, in a way that's existential, no doubt, because you have to put everything on the line. You can't not put everything on the line. You have to put everything on the line. And so it's always nice to do it with somebody else who's also putting everything on the line because you have something, somebody who's, who's sharing the risk with you and uh, has to work as hard as you and understands what you're going through, like, pretty much nobody else in, in the world. So, and I think that the, the undertaking of, of building a company is so humongous, especially when we, you have an ambition to build an ambitious company, <laughs> which I do and I've always had. It was always about the world, an ambition to build something massive and global. And you, if you have that ambition, then you, you, it's highly recommended to have somebody along your side to, who also has that ambition and, can, and you can be supportive of each other. So those are really the things that I'm thinking about, you know, when I think about my insanity. And somehow it doesn't sound so insane when I talk about it like this. But I do think that it is, at the end of the day, you do have to be crazy. A little bit crazy, as the song goes. Uh, thank you, Seal. That you are willing to do what you're doing in, against all odds and running up against sometimes just running at 150 miles an hour, seeing the wall coming right at you uh, or the cliff, you know, and and still knowing that you can somehow leap high enough above the wall or, you know, somehow sprout wings and fly off the cliff that you have to have that deep belief. And if you do, then you can be insane like me. Thanks for joining me today on uh, A Jolt of View Velocity, and uh, see you next time.